Hey, hey, hey now. Hey One, now. two, three way. Hey now. Hey. Hey, welcome yes. back to the Two Nine LCs podcast. I'm your host, Retro Dre, aka Dre. And I'm Dolo tonight. However, though, because I'm Dolo, I brought two guests with me from the last show. We got Antoine over here to my left, aka your right. And to my right, aka your your left, we have Dev Cooks, aka Devin. Say hello to the people, sir. What's up, everybody? How you doing? All right. How y'all doing tonight? One, two, three way. Yes, sir. Hey, watch the last one they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so how do you guys get down on the show? What do we talk about? What is what is the general vibe? Well, before we get into exactly what we're gonna talk about, we have to address me and Antoine gotta address a few things that we talked about last episode. So After I'm, you. I'm gonna let him go first. After you. So Alright, so uh, do I like my women hard? Is the question that I I have to answer. Okay. Tonight, today, or whenever you're listening, um, you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. But to answer that question, um, no, I don't. Um, but. At times it's acceptable, but just as an overall, uh, I guess, personality and way of living, no, I don't. Um, so are we talking hard, like we're talking young MA hard, like yes, she'll drink you under the table. Not necessarily that, just the thug life hard. Okay, more more so like that. So so you like them soft. yeah, I mean, Dang. you want an affectionate woman. You don't want to, you know, like you, you having a bad day. You don't want a woman to come in like yo, man. What's your problem? You know, like you don't want that. I mean, you kind of want her to. I know exactly. You what know, you mean, so yeah, no, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want a woman hard. I want her affectionate, but you know, depending on the situation, I want her to be able to go there. But I want her to be able to come back as well to answer that question to clear that up. <laughs> Alright, so Cause to add to that I don't think anybody Unless that's what you like Then teach his own Once they're woman And be like Yo, I'm gonna punch you In the stomach every day To see how good Your gut check is like, Yo, what, what Yeah Don't nobody want that Yeah Don't nobody want One woman that's gonna say Hey, yo, what's good, bro Don't nobody want that yeah. Nobody want that Yeah Yeah, be weaker than me you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm but I get, I get that. I don't think uh, that just would not be comforting. You know, like nice. you said, you come home after a hard day, and she's like, "Chin up, boy." Yeah, like, like oh, sorry. Nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> well, I have to go back to the producers and artists conversation that was had last week. Just to clarify a few things. Producing artists? Yeah, the producer, artists, and who's a more important producer, the artists. Let me let me just be clear on my statements. I stand by all my statements. However, people may have not heard the all the whole thing. They may not know this podcast even exists because on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, I said artists will always be more important than the producer. And, you know. I chimed in. Yeah, and somebody else did too, mm. and seemed to be. I don't know. 
Only reason I don't know if this person was upset or not, because when people type in all caps on the internet, I get confused. Yes, are they just screaming at you. Are they are they passionate, they or is, are they angry? I'm I'm confused. Not even I'm not trying my hardest not seem like I'm taking a shot, but it might seem that way. Oh well, not not my purpose here. I do want to say, producers can make money doing stuff like sync licensing, pitching it for commercials, movies, and all that. I encourage that. Do it. And go ahead, keep doing it, keep that up. I, I recommend it because there's a lot other ways to make money besides making beats for artists. I understand. And I never say artists are the easiest to work with at times because that's one of the things I do. I work with artists, so at times artists can be picky, finicky over certain things. But as far as just for that purpose alone, instrumentals and producers are like a help me full of artists in a relationship. Nobody, let me not say nobody, people may not know a track. It was just, they just hear instrumental. Now, if they hear the instrumental with the artist attached to it, people are going to want to hear the artist. People are going to recognize it for the artist. And then if the instrumental is very high and they do more work for that artist or more later, then the recognition will get recognized over time. I agree, but I think, too, it's a little different um, just because when you get on YouTube, you see, you know, NBA young boy type beats. And I think the reason why you see NBA young boy type beats are because the producer that he's worked with has crafted a sound that's like NBA young boy. You know, you listen to NBA young boy. So I think the producer actually, I'm not going to say created NBA Youngboy, because, I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's, a, he's an army by himself. But I think the producer has found a sound that fits his style. So, like, if you if you hear lyrics from NBA Youngboy, if I rapped them, you wouldn't know that it's probably NBA Youngboy. But if I made a beat that was... Similar to NBA Youngboy, people would say that's the NBA Youngboy type beat. That's true. So that's why I think producers are actually the ones who create. They're actually the ones who um, they bring it together more than I think the artists realize. Um, but without the artist, the art of the producer would not be, you know, as known. At least that's without the artist. Yeah. Again, though, like I said, if you rap NBA Youngboy, if you freestyled his lyrics right now, or you say you had his his rhyme book, if he has one, and you rapped it right now, we wouldn't know that that's NBA Youngboy you're rapping. That's true. But if you made a beat that was NBA Youngboy type, people would understand that that's the NBA Youngboy type beat because the producer has Who? helped. Who? Who? Yeah. Would know it's the NBA Youngboy type beat. Uh -huh. A NBA Youngboy fan. Put nah, a beat nah, up. Nah, but you said you said people. So if we're gonna say people, we gotta get it out this grand scheme of people who just know NBA Young Boy. People who know NBA Young Boy. So, but I mean, that's just like lyric. Like, I think the producer, if they're not more important than the artist, which you can't say more important because the face of something is always. It's just like who's more important, the the actors or the cameraman. It's kind of like we don't care about the cameraman. But we want to see the actors. Yeah. But we don't see the actors unless they're a cameraman. 
So it's like, we don't care who films it. We don't care who produced it. We want the artist. So if you're looking at it from that point of view, I can understand why somebody would say the artist or the actor is more important, but it's almost like the producer and the the light technicians and I think they deserve just as much, but it's, I don't know. Is there an artist that you know of that uh, is only recognized for their beat selection and not their, you know? That's recognized for only their mm -hmm. beat selection? I mean, I would have to, I wouldn't say only, but I mean, I, if I had to guess, I would say future. Okay. I mean, he did say, you know, uh, if Metro don't trust you, yeah, he'll shoot I, you. So I wouldn't say that though. I wouldn't say just because. I wouldn't. Say, I know. Now he's a again. He's an army by himself too. Yeah. But I'm saying, if I had to say an artist and producer that come to mind that I would say, um, I definitely would say just because of that one phrase, if Young Metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot you. He said that, so it's like. That's more of an indicator for Metro when to you, let, when well, you, to let you know that, that Metro produced it. So I, if you're saying in that aspect, I get you. But as far as the, who's more important, artist or producer, I'm just saying it from the standpoint of the artist is the one who's going to shine the brightest, whether good, bad, in between. That's all. All right. So who's a who's a better rapper, Drake? Or his ghostwriter. <laughs> now we're switching. I understand what you're saying now. Because now, this, we're this talking about point. behind the scenes. Yeah, so yeah. This is the point where I, this is the point where I brought up on a clip I, I put out that I say when you want to get into that, that's a whole different conversation. I understand when you bring up that aspect. We're just talking about artists and production for these songs. The artist is going to shine because the voice is an instrument as well. Mm -hmm. People do mm -hmm. things with their voice that makes them more recognized than even though if their lyrics are trash or the beat slaps or whatever. People recognize Young Thug for his vocal inflections when he first was out. Yeet. Same for, yeah, Yeet. Basically, yeah. Young Thug, Migos, Future Baby. Again, much. I will always say with this argument, because I mean, I think it's 50-50. I don't really think neither is more important necessarily, but I think we should all agree that it's 50 50 like minimum but i mean when we go home or working out or whatever you're doing you're not listening to like freestyle like acapella you're listening to a full production a product production equals a product and i think that's what a music producer does it's give you a product and you're defining music producer as not just the one who's making the beat right no not okay. just making the beat okay now, a now, beat maker and a producer okay. are Got different you. that's Got why you. i said i think they're more important because again they're putting people in place it's like it's almost like they're like i don't know like a coach or something they're putting this is the engineer's job this is the the beat maker's job. Uh, this is what he wants the art. I feel like he's more important because if not, I feel like roles would clash and things wouldn't get done. So that's why I think the producer is just as important. 
I think the only reason why it's really even an argument and why people think the artist is more important <laughs> is because you have a lot of uh, recording bonos you do at home. So people have forgot that because everybody now is their own artist, they're their own engineer, they're their own producer. So they feel like they're more important. They put the artist before the producer. But I think it's only because of recording at home. Okay. The rec- I, that's that's where I okay. think we I think that that's where they lost the importance at. All right, we're going to go off that. However, let me go back to my point in all this. I never said, just to clarify, I never said a producer wasn't important at all. Just for anybody oh. who may be listening and may take that out of context. Everybody has a role. And if you're looking at it from producer, just, oh, producer only beat maker, fine. However, in the grand scheme of producer and artist, artists, in my opinion, anyway, it's going to be more important. Just because of where the artist is going to take everybody once it goes off. Now, it doesn't always go off. And the producer, you're right, is put in the aspect of producing, not just making a beat or not even having to make a beat, hiring a beat maker. Mm -hmm. That's when very important part of the process is that's building the pieces to take to the next level. And then when you get to the label funding and all that, that even goes more into it. Just saying all that when it gets back to the artist, the star. Not saying they can't be bitchy assholes because it happens. However, once they're successful and they put the return on the investment that everybody's put in, that's what's gonna he he or she is gonna be the most recognizable and the most important to that process. Not saying nobody else is important at all. Just in my opinion. The artist is going to bring that the highest as he or she can go. Well, I feel like if you get a really, really good producer, like Dr. Dre, for example, um, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg's first album. Now, quality of producers, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, it well. is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was about to say. That's, like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Because like, you have one of Snoop's most recognizable pieces of work was executively produced by Dr. Dre. Or if you got on a Dr. Dre beat, they're going to say, Dr. Dre produced this. Devin mm-hmm. rapped on it. They're not going to mm-hmm. say, that's Devin's song. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, that's, a, that's Dr. Dre made this song. Exactly. That's what it's going to be known for, Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Because, because in that case, reputation. it's because of who mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. Timbaland is but the other one. If shit, if he, make a, if he make a beat and he send it to, if he send, like, send it to Jay-Z, they weren't necessarily thinking... Timberland, mm-hmm. they know he made it, but they were still saying this is Jay Z song. Jay Z still the face of that product. True. So I don't know. I feel like it, it just takes a very very special producer to stand out. There's only it, about well, I don't know. It's there's there's not many. Um, that I think the producer trumps the artist. Mm-hmm. There's not many, but from where I'm sitting, I'm saying it's 50-50 or the argument has to be invalid or it's foul. That's just, that's just me. Because, um, I mean... I think there's there's just a lot of different types of situations. But, I don't know, I guess in, in most situations, it probably is the artist because 
people who are producers, like you said, they're mostly just beat makers. I feel like even engineers, I'm not going to say are more important than artists, but I feel like they're probably probably the most overlooked in the whole process. Definitely unsung heroes for sure. They're the, mm -hmm. the most overlooked in the whole process. I think beat makers obviously get more love than than actually engineers. But if you ever recorded before, if you ever recorded anybody before, I think engineers probably have the hardest part of the job. I mean, because a beat maker, he, he can make that in his room, like, unbothered to send it off. But the engineer has not to. Not even mixed. Yeah, not, <laughs> not nothing. Mastered. Make that shit in like five, ten minutes. Yeah, but the engineer actually has to make it all come together and make sense. Yeah. And then on top of revision after revision after revision. But that's the. Yeah, I feel like there's a little, a little bit more of a science to it for most people who are, you know, sound engineering. Because then you have, I mean, there's people who are artists and they utilize a lot of music theory. But, you know, if you're a sound engineer and you're doing a good job, you have to do it in at least a, a, a proper way. Like, I know that there's a lot of rule bending when it comes to mixing and stuff. But, you know, there's a general idea of what you want to do. As long as it sounds good, it don't yeah, matter. Sound leveling. Yeah. That's pretty much. As long as it sounds that's good, That's 90% it don't of it, yeah. Yeah, it can like, be low, it can be medium, it can be high. As long as it sounds good, it's not distorting, it's fine. Are you good? Mm. If it sounds too low, turn your speakers or your headphones up. If it sounds too low, then then you might have to redo something, possibly. Mm. Unless you wanted to sound that low for a reason. Because some engineers and like to do stuff like that just to be, that's their thing. Or maybe the artist wants to concept a project of, well, it's not, because I even hear J. Cole in some of his old interviews or some of his engineers talk about how he didn't always turn his checks all the way up. I don't know if he still does that now, but at the time, before around the four-cell drive era, I heard that he doesn't put his checks up past that luffs level. Why? Is that, I mean, because I've, I've seen a lot of things. Specifically on TikTok, like, you know, the producer community is huge on there. And a lot of people have said the same thing that you just said. Like, as long as it sounds good, it can be as loud as, you know, as you want it, like, on the program. Like, it may not look proper, but if it sounds good, then it's okay. Because of the of the loudness wars that started to happen after a certain point. Because when you hear old songs, mm -hmm. some of them sound great, but some of them sound real low and mm -hmm. some are mixed Facts. bad and such and such. Because at the time, the equipment... And the engineers didn't know or didn't have process. And at the time, the loudness level wasn't high mm -hmm. because their ears were different. The, tune the tuning was even different at that time. Everything is mixed, like, much brighter now. Yeah, that's true. A lot more clarity. It's much brighter. But there's a few albums that, like, um, they use as benchmarks as, like, uh, like a Steely Dan album. I know of, I don't know if you know the band, Steely Dan. They're back in like the 70s. And then there's like, uh, what's another good one? Oh, Daft Punk has another like perfectly mixed album. Or mastered, I guess you could say. To where it just like, even though it was made in the 80s or 90s, it still sounds good by today's standards. Even listening to the Chronic and Doggy Style, they still sound good. Mm. I would agree. So as long as you know what you're doing and you found your style, you're going to be all right as an engineer, producer, artist. 
it just takes time just like anything else it takes a long time i started out rapping and i'm i pro about a year ago is when i started all the way put it together i still got way more to go and producing i started producing like about a year after that actually actually knowing how to produce and it took took a while took about three four years almost so it's gonna take time to perfect and get at least good and manageable sell stuff at whatever you do so it is going to be a struggle so before you end up starting your business and if you have to get that other job get that main job and let this what you really love to do be the side hustle until you make it your main thing or if you want to jump off the cliff and say forget it i'm gonna go straight into it all right just dive into it head first and have a plan to know what you're doing you're gonna have your ups and downs in between but as long as you stick with it you're gonna be all right have you guys talked about franchises on this show before franchises such as like, aspect. like chick-fil-a type shit uh, not really. No. What's up? Well, just because I was I was talking about it with somebody the other day, just talking about how franchises seem like a really easy investment. Just just because you start talking about businesses in a sense, but it just got. I'd rather say do stock first before you even get into investing straight into a franchise. In my opinion. Well, because my thinking of on it was if you get the the loan. You open a franchise where maybe a location is needed or, you know, there's like one or two locations. You got to know your market, though. Yeah. I would say you want to get any, before you get into doing anything fresh or new, you have to learn about the industry. You have to. That's the main first thing, learn, and especially the business. Because that's going to be the most important thing people are going to use against you to get you in good or bad deals. Mm. And business, you, you see all the time. They usually never talk positive about business. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, obviously, there's so many ways of making money, but I understand that you have to take a risk, you know, in oh, yeah. any situation. And I think actually, you you had told me something along those lines when we first, you know, all gathered together as interns uh, here at AMI, and I definitely utilized some of that advice. I think I've like invested a little bit into myself. And I think it has paid off in a sense. So. It's about making the right investments as well. And it's not always about money. It's not always about money when you're talking about investing. Time is the most important investment of your life. Time. It's not Thanks. money. It's not assets. It is time. Everything else is second. Because that's something you never get back. You can get an asset back. You can get money back. But you can never get time back. These seconds I just said, I can't get those back. The day we just had, I can't get it back. You can't get it back. The day if you lost somebody in your family, you want to spend time with them, you can't get that time back. No matter how you want to twist the turn, you can't. All you all you can do is think in, in your head about how the good times you had or maybe look at a picture or a video. That's it. And keep it moving. But you cannot take that time back. So the goal in life, at least just from my perspective anyway, is to do the best you can with the time you have until you don't have it anymore. And that's all you can ask for. You don't worry about anybody else or what else is going on. I mean, you look at it because you just need to know what's going on around you and what's if you need to do certain things to get in and out of certain situations and send certain industries and make more of a financial greatness on your part or more opportunities and 
this lane or that lane. Would you guys say that you spend enough time doing things that make you happy? No. You spend enough time doing, well, for me, what's necessary. Happy and necessary are two different things in life for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, necessary pays the bills. Happy it's just another, it's like a bonus right now. Mm-hmm. So, no. Happiness, though, is temporary, just like everything else. People want to love to say happiness is a thing that is forever lasting. No, it's not. Yeah, that's true. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. It's temporary, just like yeah. most other things in yeah, this life. Nothing is, nothing is forever, mm-hmm. if you really think about it. Not even this planet. Yeah. Even though like we can't maybe imagine or like visualize what billions of years passing by is like, you know. In billions of years I'm sure that all this won't be here. Yeah, nothing is forever, so like I said, what child is Gambino say? Life is the biggest troll? Jugs on us. Shit. He was on his uh his sage shit on his last album. Was it three fifteen twenty one? Man, I don't know what that was. Bro, that was crazy. That was, that was a good ass album. Did I'm you not know? saying it was a bad album, but it was a weird. It was weird to do. Oh, I think he. Only is. reason I say I'm, I'm looking. I'm just saying it since we just came off of Vince's discussion from a business perspective. It was weird to do. Mm. You come off doing Awaken My Love, one of his. It's probably gonna be a damn near art piece by the time time goes on. To be honest with you. And then he just comes out and does this uh, album with no rollout. Post it one day, take it down, and it's just there. No track names. Nope. Just no, no, no album dates, cover. numbers. Mm-hmm. I like that, though. I feel like that. I mean, I don't know if it may be. What did it do? Does anybody still talk about it? Does anybody care? I mean, at least from my own personal perspective, um, I have a few friends that, yeah, we definitely have a, a couple memories like to a couple of his songs off the album but I mean like as an artist I don't think it did anything for him like other than just please his fans okay alright yeah. fair enough but I don't know I don't even know what Childish Gambino wants at this point cause he uh, you know he's a musician he's an actor comedian Probably a bunch of other shit, you know? I mean, yeah. maybe he's just making music that, that is fun for him. Because it's vastly different than his early stuff, like Camp, you know. Uh, because of the internet. Because of the internet, that's, that's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, royalty mixtape. Mm-hmm. Like, all that shit, it's like he's just a completely different person. So either he got tired of it, or just as a creative, he needed something else. You know? All right, I'll give you that. I give you that. Because a lot of times in an artist's career, they may be pigeonholed to a sound or an idea of what they should put out. And that, for some people, it does make them put them in a box. Mm. For example, I'm going to bring the basketball right quick. Look at Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson can't be a grown man because of the image he had as a basketball player. He has to look like and wear the same clothes he was wearing back in the 2000s. Just because that's his persona. Does he still do it? For the most part, yeah. Oh shit. And if you, and that's the good, that's the bad thing about sticking to a persona so much 
that you can't grow out of it and evolve. Mm. Even though you're getting older. It's the same as the cloud rappers. Mm. After a certain point, your audience grows up. They evolve. They get interested in different things. Are you attending to those needs as well as an artist to your fans? See, I feel like you, you might want to take a, another listen to that album because even in um, that song he did with Ariana Grande on that album, it was about it was about time, and obviously, like time is a topic that's been talked about by so many people. But the way that Childish Gambino did, it, I thought was really cool, and he incorporated like he started off the album with the concept of time, and then the rest of the album was just time, like you know, timestamps. And like the ideas that he's he was putting forth on that album is like, does everything, you know, really mean what we have believed it to mean? Like, and I just think he it took a really interesting perspective on a lot of things in life. Just uh, it was a it was a solid album to me, at least in the way that I listened to it. Fair enough. I might I might get to re-listen. I might not. Be yeah. honest with you. It's a lot. A lot of music I don't care about nowadays. Yeah. I'm keeping honest with you. <laughs> I'm keeping honest, cause I know, cause I know this is my job to listen to music, just to hear what's out there, what's going on. But yeah. I looked at these past releases and it's been sounding very uninspiring. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Kodak's new joint was it was straight, but I wasn't messing with it all that crazy. I heard, I heard the first song on the Baby and Young Boys album. I'm like ah, I'm good on this. I'll come back to it later. I didn't even listen to the whole joint. I just heard the intro and I heard the beat. I was like, eh, I don't want to listen to this. Hmm. What do you listen to for enjoyment? Like nowadays? Man, I've been going back and listening to older music. Albums I was listening to back in high school, college. I've been listening to the Memory Lane albums pretty much, I'll say. I was on the side of the Prince mm. last week. No Church on Sunday. Yes, sir. That's a fire. The the, is that mixtape or album? That's that. Okay. It's the only album he's probably going to ever have. Went back and listened to some of Big Sean's older stuff. <laughs> Just cause back in back in high school, I was listening to Sean Heavy because that was a mixtape era. Mm-hmm. So that listen a little bit of Wiz, listen to Kanye's older stuff. Going back to Jay Z's discography a little bit. That's not it. Okay, I guess. Same here. Same here. Um, probably I would add to that. Um, what was 50's album? I forgot. Was yeah, Richard Dottron. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the Wayne older mixtapes. I don't really, today, I mean, I listen to it, but they're not saying anything. They're all saying the same thing. And I think, plus once, <clears throat> for me, I was telling someone earlier, for me, once you start recording music, and listening to music you listen to it you don't want to ride home and listen to it so i might record trap but i might go home listening to r&b because i've i've tolerated enough screaming for the day so um i like to switch it up because you know i don't want to listen to that because we've all recorded a song before you have to realize when you record not us but when you record you're you're listening to maybe one or two verses that they have to record over and over and over and it's tiresome 
you don't want to listen to that type of music going home or That's true. if you have two sessions two or three sessions i mean you probably have more sessions during the week or whatever you don't want to list just listen to that it's almost like that one type of music gets played out right. pretty fast um i listen to a shit ton of jazz just because it's like the most it's interesting because it's always different i guess in a sense yeah i mean i would say i've been wanting to work with a female artist uh like a vocalist for the longest time just because i think gonna be like tuna Depending on who, but yes, it's going to be tuning. That's fine. Okay, but, you're saying. But I said, it's just, I mean, I think I'm all trapped out. Oh, yeah. You, you know. Yeah, you're trapped fatigue. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think, I think, I think I'm all trapped out. Um, <laughs> I'm just all trapped out, yeah, man. man. Like, just all, if you have a session or you're recording, that's what you're going to get. You get the occasional, um, what do they call it? Drill. True. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get a little bit of that every now and then, but it's going to be one of those two is what you're going to get. So, um, it's, it's tiresome. <laughs> I, feel I, mean, I don't know, because like, I, I didn't really get into trap like this before, I'd say like the back half of last year. I mean, like prior to that, like I listened to trap just what was popular, but... Only recently have I really delved into it and been like, oh shit, like, this is a fucking awesome genre of music. Because prior to that, I was only listening to just Boom Bap, Mad Lib, Alchemist, MF Doom. Like nothing with an 808. Bring the mic closer to yourself, sorry. My bad. Yeah, nothing with an 808. And um, I don't know. I just, I love that shit now. But I don't know. Maybe I'll get to that point. I might get trap fatigued too. The thing is, I believe as a whole, people are fatigued or trapped, personally. It's a time and place with everything, of course, but I think people as a whole are dying for something new. Yeah. I mean, as far as the mainstream things, it goes. Now, obviously, we all have the stuff we like listen to, but I believe, because I remember about a couple months ago, it was a stat that came out that people listen to old, older music now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And I believe... You could blame them. And I believe that's because, one, the crowd out here now isn't as vast as it was or intellectual or just as good in general. I'm not even going to say intellectual because I don't know how, what their brains are like, so I'm not even going to say all that. But as far as the quality, even though sonically it's the best it ever sounded, depending on who you're listening to anyway, it's just, just the concept of song making and lyricism isn't coming with it. Not saying they gotta be elite lyricists, double entendres. Not even saying all that. Just making good quality records that are not banging 808s in a year all day. Yeah. Not saying it's not a time and place for that because we all, hey, we all got time of the day. We want to just get turned up to some 808s. There's nothing wrong with that. But too much of it is what's probably making people go back and say, hey, what else is out there? Yeah. I think real instruments are gonna make a comeback like guitar, drums. Bass, but like I mean, they already have incrementally. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the um, what's that band that Anderson Pack always plays with? Um, Free Nationals. Oh, yeah. yeah, like they're dope, man. Out of California. Well, Auto Tune. I'm not gonna say go away, but no, I don't think so. At, at this point, it can't, cause it's a, so much. 
so much has happened. So mm-hmm. much vocal, so many vocals rely on auto tune. Mm-hmm. So many. Yep. It's not even just the people who. It's people who can sing that think have to rely on auto tune. The, the reason why I ask is because think about your top five hip hop artists right now. How much auto tune do they use? Too weird. Everybody, everybody <laughs> saying. Everybody so saying the, the baby. Your favorite rapper, you probably I'm not gonna say wouldn't recognize them, but you may not like them as much as you think you like them. Without the auto tune. Without the auto tune. Hey, if Drake doesn't use auto tune anymore, y'all gonna be hurt. Some of y'all yeah. gonna be. <laughs> if he let it go, um, I heard him try to sing live a few times. It's not the greatest. Yeah. So I think. Auto tune is probably here to stay, and I think it's getting even more. It's actually getting more. It's it's probably overused, if anything. But I don't think it's going anywhere. As far as like real instruments, I think it's coming back. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely coming back. Cause people are getting tired of the program drums mm-hmm. all day. Mm. It's is more of a sound that people want the natural feeling again. Mm-hmm. They want the, they want the, they want more of the groove. It's not a lot of groove out there. They want timeless music back. That's gonna be hard because you gotta have timeless artists. Yeah. About Thundercat. Man, blazes on the bass. Thundercat is just one person, and you barely hear him. He doesn't even like doing vocals. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> His vocals are kind of. Eh. We need timeless vocalists. Not even when I say vocals, I don't mean just R&B. I mean in general, people mm-hmm. who use vocals on tracks. We need timeless vocals. You don't even hear good white music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Yeah, Me- because know? music is becoming one genre of music. There isn't really everybody's trap. Everybody's trap. These same drums, mm-hmm. same so, arrangements, just different instruments. That's another K-pop. reason why you said a lot. Of, People are listening to older music now because everything is the same. You can play anything from any artist at almost any function now because it all sounds the same. So now I brought up this question a while back. I want to get y'all inputs because y'all may be different. How far is Kendrick's music gonna go? Kendrick Lamar. Yes, sir. Because mm. I heard. That Kendrick technically might not have a classic album. What? Who said that? And why? But however, this here's here's kind of a lens I want to put it through. When you when you when you're at the cookout, what 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 music you throwing on? Me. If it, yeah, if you have cookouts, anyway, no, everybody don't have cookouts. But if you're at a function or a party, right, right. or a cook or a family event, and you got all types of ages around, what music you gonna put on? You're putting on a like a feel good, like up tempo. Yeah, my favorite movie is reggae. Reggae. Yeah. <laughs> However, in the hip hop lane, nothing the G thing might come on. Gin mm. and Juice might come on. True, 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 true. R. Kelly. And everybody's gonna know the words about <laughs> all three of those songs. Step in the name of love might creep in there, and everybody's gonna know mostly all the words to those songs. Why is that? Radio hits. It ain't even just radio. Why How, do people know the lyrics to those songs? Yeah, why are the why are those songs stretched out over time more than some others? Do you think? 
the groove to it, probably. What I mean, the to- singability? The topic of conversation. You said gin and juice. Said gin and juice. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. At a cookout, there's gin and juice. Step in the name of love. Step in the name of love is like summertime. Once you've had a few drinks, or that one family big dance that the family does, or something like that. It's a feel good, it's a vibe type thing. So I think the topic of conversation is what makes it playable at cookouts even the Dougie teach me how to Dougie that creeps in there yeah I think because I think it's a it's a feel good like I, I can't Dougie but I mean it's it's a feel good like you hold that right there about the vibe. how many songs do they actually make you feel good how make people feel good I wouldn't say feel good as in like sense of like this euphoria or something coming over your body but no, 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 of course not. Yeah. in a sense of like because every most think about it trap music is usually dark mm. it's like a dark vibe you're not going to play that at a family event you're happy to see people so i'm glad you said that now reflect on the times we in over the past handful of years that's why that may be a reason why traps have been dominating the charts and the landscape so much because not a lot of people globally are feeling happy uplifted they're not feeling oh, well for sure i mean because everything now is about getting as fucked up fucked up and drugged out as you possibly your body can handle that's yeah. what it's about it's about being depressed i mean to the point where they have like this um melodic trap where it's like you're whining the entire time you like you it's a, it sounds a cry it sounds like a cry for help pain music yeah so that's why feel good music is like it's an odd thing for people to listen to it's not even cool to listen to it like people wouldn't pull up listening to like step in the name of love like unless well we got all right from kendrick we gonna be all right i mean but i think the reason why kendrick lamar j cole um drake i think they no, 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 no. I just, no, okay. I'm saying, I think the reason why those two artists, I always said those two artists, as much as people do like them, I do still feel like they're underappreciated. Explain. Hmm. Explain why? Mm-hmm. Because hip hop now, what we're talking about, like dark, um, just the way music is now like the top 10 songs probably for the billboards right now probably all sound alike in a certain way and i don't think kendrick and j cole follow that trend they're they're different so as much as you may like them lyric wise they're all too that's that's how you refer to them you talk about them like yeah i know they can rap but that's what it's about it's about them rapping it's about being lyrical but People prefer to listen to, I don't know, other artists before they listen to Kendrick Lamar. I will say this as well, though. They're not always in people's faces either. Yeah. And nowadays... I don't think hip-hop was designed to be that way. It's just... I don't know. To be in people's faces? I don't know. I don't know, because you have to think about it. Hip-hop origin talking about the struggle. 
but partying and feeling good at the same time. It was a, I, I would say, from the first ever hip hop record that dropped, or the first few anyway, the message. It was talking about what was going on in that area that he was living in. Yeah. Talking about struggle. But in your face though, isn't that more so like a more recent thing? That's why I feel like no. artists. I feel you like mob deep, man. They were. How, hold on, hold on. I feel like that's why that might have been where gangster rap comes into play. Yet. I feel like that's why today's artists aren't like, or they die out faster than previous artists, because it's a such thing as like doing too much. All right, I get you. I get you. Yeah. It's a I such thing you. as doing too much, like. The baby is good as a rapper as he may be. He's in your face right now because he's constantly in the news and he's he's doing music too, and it's good music. But it's just like after a while, people are gonna be like, "Man, he's always into something," or "I'm just tired." Of, or it's kind of like it could be like you you may put too much music out where people just kind of be like they're just tired of hearing it. So you can like what, oversaturate yourself something like too much music is not or a lot of music is not always a good thing. So, if it's quality, it's fine. But when people tend to put a lot of music, a lot of filler and BS starts to come out after the fact. That's where it goes bad. At. It's not that you can't put out a lot of music. It's just people that put out a lot of music. It doesn't always end up being a lot of good music. That's where the fall off happens. So you, as as far as Lil Wayne was during his his era, we all know when that was. That's why I say he has a lot of filler. That's why he was doing "Sorry for the Wait." Because we wanted more, but I think he knew that he couldn't just drop it month after month after. He could have. I'm pretty sure he had stuff from that era that he probably never released. But he knows strategically he can't drop a mixtape every month. And when he started to do stuff like that, that's when people said he fell off. Yeah. And remember, the anticipation for Carter Five was so high from for waiting years, for five bro. years. That's why it did as good as it did, I think. But when people listened to it, they said it wasn't that good because of the anticipation waiting for it. And but a lot I, of old songs on there. Yeah, I think, mm -hmm. and that's another reason why I think people didn't like it because five years ago, well, at that time, music had changed so much from how it was then till now where it didn't, it didn't sound right. Yeah. They would have loved Mona Lisa back in 2013. Yeah, because that's the type of songs he was doing. But I think, still a hit though. yeah, it was still it was still good. But, but you it, can so you can you can literally hear sonically that that was made around 2013. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think once um, he just missed his he missed that that era that he was in. I mean, it's, he still did good numbers wise. I think, but I think. The average person would probably tell you Mona Lisa, um, Mona probably, Lisa probably dedication, Mona Lisa dedication, and maybe like two other songs on there. Um, Let it all work out, and maybe like two more don't, out of like Don't Cry, Don't if Cry, yeah. But that was I think people like that song was because of him. Honestly, I don't really think it was because of Wayne. Fair. I think that was because of him. That's fair. But outside of that, you wouldn't agree. You would agree that that's probably. Depending on what you think of Carter One, that that probably was Lil Wayne's probably, I would hate to say worst album. I would say least liked album. He was still developing when he was put out of Carter One. That's why. Yeah, that's why I say that's the only reason why you would compare Carter Five to Carter One because you wouldn't compare Carter Five to nothing else. You would compare Carter Carter One 
to two, two through four. Even though four people sleep on four. Four was four good, was but it wasn't three, and three wasn't two. They were all different. I yeah, feel like three wasn't two, two in your opinion. Three wasn't two. In your opinion, song for song, Carter Two is better than Carter Three. In your opinion, that's what I said. Cause I, I don't know, I don't know if I agree or disagree with that statement. I don't know. You can't tell but me. I'm saying, I'm saying the masses, the masses are gonna say Carter Three is the best one. Nah, it's no way you're gonna tell me Mrs. Officer is a top five song. I never said that. A lot of people might though, but I'm I not, mean, it was I cool, but I think when that. when you go song for song, you got hustler music, best rapper alive. Um. When you have those songs, tie my it? hands, tie my hand, tie my. Hand. It was three. No, nah, that's quarter three. See, uh, what's no, the other one? Two. Uh, was it lock and loaded? That's another one that I like too. Um, I just think Carter, Carter two, set the stage for Carter three. I think that's why Carter three did so well because Carter two was so, it was so, it was so good. He had the mob. He had the mob fly in, fly out. Um, Carter Two, the title um, title track. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Carter Two was the album that paved the way for Carter Three. Carter Three, the reason why people say Carter Three was um, the best album because it was more commercial songs in there. You had Get Money, Amelie, Mrs. Officer. Um, it was like it was like two more. It was like half the album was on the radio. So more Lollipop. people, Lollipop. It was a now Lollipop probably was the biggest song out of. Any song he probably ever done, that's why I think that album got the credit that it did. But I definitely think Carter Two set the stage for Carter Three. Let me ask you a different question then: Which album had the most? I ain't gonna say most impact, but which album had the best song out of those two? Out of those two, the best overall song? Yeah. I mean, are you talking numbers or are you talking? Nah, like just 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 in your opinion. Best song. Best song, Carter 2 versus Carter 3. Who you picking? Carter 3 was uh, best song from Carter 3. Most people probably say the best song from Carter 3 probably was a Millie. Best song from Carter so, 2. Oh, man. They don't. So people wouldn't put Dr. Carter in there? Mr. Carter? Or Misunderstood? My All right. So my favorite probably off of Carter 3 probably is Misunderstood. That's probably my favorite, Misunderstood. My favorite off Carter 2. I can't think of the name of it right now. Let the beat build? Let the beat. See, all of that is like. You don't like Let the beat build? I like the third verse on Let the beat build. Okay. Once the once the beat changes. You don't like Dr. Carter? I don't. I I like it. I don't like it as overall as much as Carter 2, though. Okay. Carter 2 was more. I feel like that was. Raw and uncut Wayne. Uh, I feel like Carter Three was more commercial, and it's my time Wayne, where he did a lot of things that were more for TV, as opposed to for recognition necessarily. If that makes sense. So he's more hungry on Carter Two. He was more hungry Carter Two, but I feel like Carter Three pretty much. I think Carter Three is what stamped him, which it's obviously sold him. Solidified. So that's what I think. It's almost like, um, let me see, you said best song. Best song of Carter 2. I can't even think of the name of it right now. But, um, yeah, they have a, fe a feature on there, which is meant by himself. Okay. What was the name of it? 
Hit Em Up. Okay. Hit Em Up on Carter 2. That's the name of it. That's your favorite song? That's my favorite song. Uh, probably, I don't know, Carter 2. Hit Em Up versus, what did I say? Misunderstood? Mm-hmm. They're two different feels, but I think Hit Em Up, Hit em Up is probably the best song from those two. Okay. Yeah, Hit Em Up. Do you, uh, to round back to what you had asked earlier, do you think people will be talking like this about Kendrick Lamar in the same way that, you know, Lil Wayne fans talk about Lil Wayne? No. You know what No. He doesn't have... Not on the East Coast. Maybe the West Coast. He doesn't have the cultural impact that Wayne had. No. Mm-hmm. Not too many. People, people today still sound like Lil Wayne. Hey, what I... We talked about it earlier. <laughs> I think Lil Wayne is the most influential rapper of all time. That's a big statement. But yeah. I feel like I could also agree with that because how many people wanted to, like you said, like there's still people trying to rap like Lil Wayne and all of Kendrick Lamar's Lil first... Wayne has done everything these rappers have done today and you could arguably say he's the best at it. Some of these artists have little things they can do better than he did, but he did everything that these artists have done today. The auto-tune, the chorus, he was with T-Pain, the guitars. Bars. Down to the way that they look. Dreadlocks and tattoos. Lil Wayne made that popular. I'm not saying nobody else was doing it or had that look, but like I was telling him earlier, I don't know if you remember before 2008, not too many people had long dreads and tattoos. It was mm. Mohawks. It was about waves, dancing, Duke dancing. After the Carter Three became a big thing, and Wayne took off. Everybody grew their hair. Everybody had dreads. I mean, I kind of remember, I mean, of course, my perspective, like, around that time, I was in elementary slash, like, middle school, in that in that range. And I do remember, like, my classmates and people I was growing up around, like, they loved Lil Wayne. I remember, like, one, one kid, actually, who was, like, trying to be Lil Wayne, literally. Yeah. Doing the same thing, growing his hair out. Like, that's all he would listen to. People would deny it, but that's why a lot of people have dreads. Wow. A lot of yeah, I would, people would, because who would say that I got dreads because of Lil Wayne? But I honestly think the image that he had, I think it caught a lot of people, and a lot of people felt like they could be that guy. Hmm. So, and he came up really young, right? Like around yeah, like he was Wayne, like, he was 11, sixteen. 12. Oh, like, okay. Wayne. When we when we first yeah. seen him, he was like sixteen. When he first started running with Cash Money, him that I don't know. He was like eight. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, thought, he was I remember really hearing that he, he was, was like eight. I heard I. I know a few of his songs when he was actually eight years old. He yeah. was eight, eight years old. He sound better than the way he was rapping. He sound better than a lot of artists today. That was when he was still rapping like he was from the South. Yeah. That's why I said I think Carter 2 is... Oh, you don't like when he changed his rap style. That's what it is. I, I don't like... After Carter 3... I mean, Carter 4 was straight too. Because before you go on, I heard somebody else say something similar that when Wayne changed his rap style, he didn't sound as good as he did before. I feel like he... Ch- I feel like he started to pronounce all his words. Correctly. He started to be more auto tunish. He started to try to sound like what was becoming of hip hop. Whereas he used to say he was hip hop, I feel like he started to become the idea. Become the idea. Hmm. Interesting. But he's still the greatest rapper of all time, in my opinion. I'm gonna have to revisit those. I mean, because like I've definitely I've, I've listened to all the Carter albums, but I admittedly only did like once or twice. Because for one, I was never myself a Lil Wayne fan. 
And even back then when he was popular, I was into a whole different type of music. So yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if, if I would be. If you I list your top five rappers of all time, and Lil Wayne, with a camera. If you list your top <laughs> five rappers of all time, I'm not looking at the camera. And Lil Wayne is not in your top five. Your list is invalid. Dang. Right. I'm glad you said that. I got to name my it's list. Absolutely invalid. Because of top five. Yeah, you. There's no way you're gonna name five rappers better than Lil Wayne. Okay. Yeah. Two by DMX, hundred two thousand, Big L Nas. No. 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 DMX is not better than Lil Wayne. Oh. Nas is not better than Lil Wayne. Oh. Okay. What are we talking about? Like when right. you say why? that. Why? Like, why? Just asking. Because I'm not, because a lot of people say lyric wise, even if you say a rapper is better than Lil Wayne lyric wise, which is a stretch in of, in of itself. All right, before you mention that, what's your definition of the greatest rapper of all time? The overall production, impact, production, impact, and uh, marketability. Huh? That gets nice out of there. Since your production. Yeah, production, <laughs> production, impact, and uh, market. I want to say, what is it? Marketability? Would I say that? Image. Image. I think those three are the top three ways that when you judge an artist. So no lyrical ability at all is included. Yeah, lyric, I mean, because they're rappers. What are, what are lyrics, though? Because, I mean, really, when I start looking at rap, I mean, again, like I told you earlier, I'm not a huge Gucci Man fan. But I'd be an idiot to say he's not, like, top 12, a top 12 rapper of all time as far as impact and what he done, records and all that type of stuff. But... I don't think there's ever been a rapper as influential uh, record sales and the image that Lil Wayne, the only person which I wasn't a fan of, I guess he's one of the greatest, I didn't listen to him, probably would be Tupac, because that's what everybody always say. But I, I wasn't a Tupac fan, so I don't know. I thought you were about to say Eminem. Yeah. <sighs> I already know how you feel about it. He's new to the podcast. <laughs> I, I, no, I already know how he feels. I thought you were about to say that. Um, hold on before you go on. You think Eminem's the greatest of all time? No, fuck no. Oh, all right. But I was yeah, just saying he definitely had a huge impact on like who Eminem on white people on white people yeah, <laughs> on hip hop <laughs> coming to the mainstream <laughs> and more people well, exactly <laughs> white people yeah he commercialized hip hop that's one of, the, one of the main components in, and you could technically say it started downfall. But like, what is his image though? Like, how what was his image on a scale of one to ten? When you when you think about Eminem, I we know his lyrics are top notch. Yeah, we're not questioning that. But when you talk about greatest, I think when you talk about image, what was his image though? Yeah, no, I don't think Eminem. The real one, white boy. Yeah, he well with for the one hair. everybody yeah, wanted to dye their hair blonde and wear the fucking white. I don't know. Wife I, beater. Maybe where I grew up at, I ain't seen nobody walking around with that shit in their head. So I don't know. I didn't like see. That's the thing though. I didn't. Either. It but, gave white people into hip hop. Yeah, yeah. white people, and he and he wasn't, and he wasn't a gimmick guess, of trash like well, yeah, everybody else. I guess that came you could, before. I guess you could say that he did. Yeah, that's what it was. He did kind of, I guess, pave the way and open the door. Yeah, that's what he was used for. Yeah, well, you know, he I guess that, that nice does give well. that does give him a few more cool points. Yeah, I guess he just happened to be nice as well. The greatest of all time. Now, the do, greatest white rapper of all time. Yeah, it's greatest white rapper. Yeah, yeah it's unquestionable. But uh, greatest of all time? No, absolutely not. Yeah, Lil Wayne's the greatest of all time. Yeah, I think, I mean, depending on, I mean, I, I think Jay-Z's up there too. But. Yes, that's hard to say. I would also agree because I, I also would say like commercial success has to be a part of that. Because if, like nobody looks at, say like 
I don't know, mortal technique. Like, he has bars. He's really good as a rapper, but nobody fucking brings him up in a great rapper conversation. You know? Fair point. Cassidy. See, like, that's even... I mean, I recognize the name, kind of, but, like, I really... I couldn't even tell you. I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a hustler, homie. Nigga, accent. Nigga, nigga, accent. Now, that song right there, he had some... It was some bars in there, though. Oh, for sure. That was... Uh, that was I got the products, was... narcotics for the customers, homie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was Battle of Raps. One of Battle of Raps' first ends in the hip-hop. It was Cassidy. And then... It kind of leveled out a little bit after that, but... I guess you can technically say Meek might have carried it on, but he wasn't battle rapping on that scale for a while. But Meek Mill. Mm. Oh, you got an issue with Meek Mill? What's going on? I don't have an issue with you, Meek. I just... <laughs> I just... I don't know. I don't think he's a part of this conversation. Yeah. Well... Probably never, great guy. I never said that. Yeah. Probably a great guy. <laughs> you know, businessman. A lot of money. Probably but I don't... Friendly. I don't think it be whatever, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's part of that con- this conversation. Um, I will say early Meek had a lot of bangers, though. I will say that. I can't agree or disagree. I've never really listened to. You never. I got you, got you. But from what I've heard, uh, uh-uh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like the the best Meek Mill song to me is actually um, Tony Story. Is it Tony's Part one, part two, part three. One and two. Three was weird. I didn't really understand that beat and how he put that together on three. But Got one it. and two, two probably had the best beat though. Um one had the best story, two had the best beat, and three was it was weird. Even though it was good, but that's what I got from the breakdown. And I don't know if did he ever do part four, because he said part four was coming, but he said it was gonna be a movie, so I don't know what he did with that. Uh, I don't think he ever dropped as a song. He needs to get back to doing stuff like that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that was, if that was how he was, I mean, I probably would listen to Meek, but Tony Story is definitely, I think, the best Meek I've ever heard. Because Meek came out in the club party era, too. Mm-hmm. So he was also making those, but you know, he's also making the club records like House Party, mm-hmm. I'm a Boss, and such like that. So. Yeah. Better artist, Meek Miller. Rick Ross, is that a question? No, Rick Ross, every time. Rick Ross or 50 Cent? Shit. <laughs> Rick, Ross. Uh, Rick Ross is a better catalog, but I think 50 mm-hmm. Cent's a better artist. I think, yeah, well, I think 50 has more recognizable songs. I think he has, if you list, again, you do top 10 songs, I think 50, just off Get Rich or Die, Die Trying, I think probably would have like three but I think if you're talking longevity and catalog, like you said, yeah. I think Ross might get him. Because Get Rich or Die Trying, plus what he was doing with G-Unit, and the records he does here and there and actually hits. I think, I don't know, it's probably closer than what people realize, but... DJ Khaled or DJ Mustard? <laughs> I'm going with Khaled. <laughs> what? Yeah. We the best. Damn. You, you can pigeonhole Mustard to a sound. Yeah, that's one thing I don't like about mustard. You can pigeonhole them to a sound that doesn't always translate. Damn, I was asking that in a joking manner, but surprised me there. You would take I mean, mustard. I mean, I feel like he has a better catalog. I think DJ Khaled is <laughs> he's almost like a parody 
of, of music. A lot of people don't understand what DJ Khaled actually does. I'm not saying he does a good job of doing that. Okay, what is it that he does? Is he a producer? He actually, he's, he's, a a producer. he's a producer. Doesn't he, always hit, but he's actually a yeah, producer. He's a producer. So he makes the beats too? Some, See, possibly sometimes, but no. That's not his main oh. thing. He'll tell you straight up. He did a video about that. He's a producer. He's not just a beat maker. He'll tell you he get the, if it's a guitar album, he chooses, he may interview two or three people, you know, you know, doing the guitar. He'll choose one, the keyboard, he get choose a guy to do that. He actually takes it to that hmm. extent. That's why he said he's the best. He's going to choose the best. He's not, how many DJ Khaled produced songs have like a unrecognizable name on them to even to begin with? Yeah, that's true. I mean, because, yeah, I I guess I kind of still... Does Mustard have a All I Do Is Win? No. And that's old. Very yeah. old. Why I didn't even realize that was DJ Khaled. Yes. Shit. Does he have a I'm So Hood? Old. That was DJ Khaled. That's yes. DJ Khaled. Okay. I got to respect the gotta respect the man a little bit more. And that's only I, scratching the surface of his catalog. Right yeah. That's all old stuff. Like... Is that, is, it, is that almost like 10 years old? Yes, that is. That is 10 <laughs> years 10 old. 10 years old, we talking about. Yeah, Caliban. Wow. Caliban in the game doing great stuff for a while. People just like to sleep on it because of his latest actions. But Okay, see, that's that's where I was at, though. Was of see, he's one of the ones that he started getting in front of the camera and people started to dislike. But you don't realize how much you actually like him because you like the songs he produced. Mm -hmm. I always just thought he was a goofy. Yeah, you say that, but like I'm pretty sure if you listen to ten songs going home tonight, just random, he's probably he's probably damn near on two of them. He was a part of, was a part of two of them. Oh, that Bugatti track that came out. Yeah, I woke up and yeah, it was that was he was in that. Ace Hood was his hardest at that time too. Yeah, he's probably gonna be on at least two songs you listen to. Oh, that's crazy! I did not know that. To be honest, yeah. I, I was not given DJ Khaled. And he was actually like, DJ. Like actually performing. Yeah, actually scratch DJ. Yeah, he actually used to really DJ. I seen the footage. I'm sorry, DJ Khaled. I'm gonna tell you somebody who I think is dope that a lot of people has forgotten about or they know him for one thing is actually T Pain. Mm -hmm. Cause everybody took all those songs to a whole new level, man. He wasn't able to capitalize on. Yeah, but himself. as a producer and songwriter. T-Pain's dope, man. Oh, yeah. T-Pain is dope. Singer. People didn't know he could sing until he did Tiny Desk. Yeah, same. I'm in that. I'm in that. I'm not saying I wasn't in there, but <laughs> you have to learn it. Once you, once you know and learn how auto-tune works, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to at least hold a note or two mm -hmm. for it to be used correctly anyway. Yeah. But at the same time, you can kind of can't sing and it'll be able to do what you want to do if you crank everything up. But mm -hmm. he still, you could tell people who can sing they use auto-tune people who can't sing they use auto-tune want to learn how it works yeah it's a good he does a good balance well his older music at least I feel like it's a good balance T-Pain is dope if it's one person I could sit and um, talk to intern with and just get knowledge from T-Pain definitely be one of them he'd definitely be top two maybe him and Khaled he drops a lot of um, industry knowledge, like on his streams. I see. Yeah. I see little tidbits. He's definitely maybe number one. Um, I feel like Khaled probably would learn. He learned a lot from both, but I, I don't know. I just think T Pain might be a little cooler though. 
Because I feel like he, his recent struggles is what would make him probably more uh, relatable. Mm. As opposed to Khaled hasn't really, he hasn't fell off. But I feel like T-Pain will probably give you a little bit more of the ins and outs as DJ Khaled might give you a little bit more of like that glorified talk like from the top of the mountain. Yeah, I feel like T-Pain is more at the point in his career where he's like trying to give back to the music community. You know, because he's like, uh, he, he always uh, plays, um, you know, like fan submissions. He'll do like basically contests where he'll just play a bunch of songs on stream and just give his commentary on it, um, give advice about the industry, like I said. Just talk about his experiences. So I fuck with T-Pain. As far as like music producers, I say beat makers. Who's your favorite one? Or top two or top three? Jay Dillon, Dr. Dre. Yeah, I would have to say Mad Lib and Alchemist. They're always going to be my top producers. My top probably are Nick Mira and. Uh, <laughs> wow. Nick Mira and. Um, I don't know for some reason. I always like Cash Money AP. I've always liked Cash Money AP. He has, he did a dope track on IDK's album, Peloton. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That track is tough. He's the one that the tag is like Cash Money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he I does think. have some good songs. So let me ask you this about Nick Mirror. What 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 makes Nick Mirror one of your top producers? Yeah, I want the same thing. Nick Mirror. I watch a lot of beat maker tutorials right and for me from where I'm sitting now I don't know I don't sit in Cashman AP sessions I don't sit in I forgot who you said and the two guys you named I forgot who you said Dre and Jay Dillon that's what I said alright so I ain't, I haven't watched any videos with them yeah sure but from, from what I see I think Nick Mira what separates him is that Again, I don't know those guys, but from what I see, I feel like Nick Mirror is also a musician. Mm -hmm. I feel like being a musician and being a beat maker, I feel like there's advantages in being a musician and being a beat maker. Mm -hmm. Because I actually see him play the guitar. I see him play his his loops out sometimes. I mean, he he you know, he pencils his notes in too sometimes too, but I see him actually do it. Whereas I see a lot of other people when you watch it, it's like it's nothing wrong with loops, but to actually see somebody, you know, actually like play it out, I think it's different, especially with a guitar, because that's something that I would want to do. So that's why. I didn't teach you. I know. Yeah, I, that's something definitely that um that caught my eye, definitely. Okay, I respect that. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not knocking nobody, but from like what I've seen, like I've actually seen him do his uh, his live, you know, on Twitch or on YouTube where he actually plays it out and then he does it as opposed to like, you know, he's going live today and he pulls a loop in and adds drums to it and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like Nick Mirror. I've been getting into playing more of my stuff recently too. I'll sit some days and just make instrumentals or compositions and not even worry about making a beat out of it because 
I want to perfect the art yeah. of actually creating a sample rather than just chopping up a loop or chopping up a sample off of a record because mm-hmm. you can always do something with that, not even just making an instrumental out of it, but selling it for sync license, like yeah. I said earlier in the podcast, or making it for a movie that I may want to do or for somebody else or commercial. Mm-hmm. So, And I also want to become a better musician too. That's another reason. Because I do play keys, play piano. I just want to improve the craft yeah. and improve my ears. Thanks. And also, again, playing guitar, drums, all that jazz, too. So That's good shit. I love, like, instruments. And I've recently started to incorporate them more into music I started to record. Like, actually, the bass, I was using that bass in there the other day. And I recently just bought a new guitar. But mostly because, like, I work at Guitar Center now. But... That shit is fun, man. It's different. It definitely is different creatively, like to play an instrument and then be like, "Oh shit, hold on," Dude. like it's a lot better than just like tapping it in and being like, "Okay, I think this kind of sounds cool," and then just fuck around with that for thirty minutes. It's a lot more interactive, at least to me, at least. I don't know. It's well, I mean, I guess depending on how you mix it and all the rest of it, but it's like more natural it's almost like it has more soul to it when you actually play it out as opposed to trial and error to pencil. groove yeah and groove get more of the natural groove that it's hard to undo because it's audio mm-hmm. you can fix a midi all day but actually playing on audio it's a whole lot different especially for guitar based stuff yeah. you can tell when you're hearing a real guitar versus a midi guitar yeah it's played differently yeah and most people may not even know how to use especially early producers don't even know how to draw in midi guitars like mm-hmm. they're supposed to be played i don't not even gonna lie i try to but you know to make it sound like an actual guitar is right. pretty fucking hard all I, yeah that's true yeah, all i got from it was like you're supposed to like strum it out and some other stuff to make it sound more like it's played that's all i get from it but the only time i think it's kind of passable is if it's plucked like mm-hmm. you know you get those guitar sounds mm-hmm. that are plucked. yeah mm-hmm. but w- once it's like strumming where like the sound is like strumming guitar just does not sound real but yeah i i guess like it kind of connects to what we were talking about earlier where moving forward i think people making music are wanting more authentic or like organic instruments you know in their in their mixes so zaytoven or metro boom metro metro over Zay. Names of songs are both of them right quick. From who? Both of them. Both of them. Names of songs right quick. Zaytoven is so... Names of songs. My favorite favorite Zaytoven beat, I probably would say, has got to be Future 31 Days. That's probably my favorite Zaytoven beat. Another song, he did a lot of Gucci early, um, a lot of um, Gucci early... um, Beats. I ain't listen to Gucci like that. Yeah, I mean, I probably I would say I would say Metro, but I think mm-hmm. I think um, he's a better musician than Metro though. Layup or Peacoat off the Beast Mode, those are probably my my top. But then like Metro Boomin, he produced what was it DS Two, mm-hmm. or was it, oh DS Two that. That was Dirty Sprite too, and then What a Time to Be Alive. I know he did that whole album. Metro, my favorite Metro beat probably is uh, Metro. That's tough. One of them is probably got to be Digital Dash. 
Um, mm-hmm. Oh, God. I love that song. Yeah. It's got to be Did It or Dash. That's like uh, one of those, like, to me, it's like a per- perfect song for an intro. Mm. It's such a good album opener. <laughs> good album opener. But yeah, man, we done done pretty much a whole show. Um, so who is Devin? Man, I'm just I'm just a dude living in Raleigh, North Carolina, trying to make my way. You know, I fuck with music, definitely do. What's your story? <laughs> Damn, that's a long one. <sighs> but I traveled across the country, and then I came back to the place I moved from. So I don't know what that says, but. You know, I got got lots of experiences, and I, I'm taking it back to where I grew up. So, I think I'm in an interesting point in my life, where a lot of a lot of things are tied back. Tying what back is together. what is your brand? What is my brand? <laughs> I mean, like what I said at first, you know, like I, I fuck with music. Um, I have no brand right now. I'm just existing. <clears throat> you know, I had to put put it out of the. The closet, you know, we first walked in here. That's what Dre asked us like the first day, what is your brand? Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? I remember that. I was like, bro, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out who I am, like, as a person. So, like, but, but real talk though, though, that's that is a very essential question because <laughs> the only reason I asked that when y'all walked in here because it's a whole we're in a whole different type of state in life right now. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it is time to make a brand. With social media and being in the music industry, you gotta have a brand. That's how people are gonna recognize you. And especially y'all don't post much. Fuck what are they, how, they gonna, how they gonna know you wanna contact you for services? That's true, man. I've been wanting to post on TikTok, but it's like there's some sort of like invisible wall in my mind that's just like I can't sit down and just post the TikTok and, oh, you know. I'm gonna have to do a separate. I wasn't thinking about doing it for like a month now. Separate Instagram from, from music. Yeah. But then you'd be starting from scratch, like all your followers. That's Not yeah. necessarily, because I think the one that I have will actually be the one. The newer one actually be like that personal one. Oh, gotcha. Because I feel like the connections I made on this one, I don't want to start over and try to gotcha. reconnect. So I would leave that one as it as is. Um. Because I do think I need to post more, whether it's music or just personal. I get yeah. that all the time. Like, I think the last time I posted something before last week probably was November. Mm-hmm. Dang. I post a lot of my story, but not, not really, like, as a post. I think I need to do more posts. Because, you know, stories are only available for a day. I, I will say this. For everybody who's kind of afraid to get on social media and be in the wormhole, so to speak, just make an account you do test stuff on before you even go all the way in it. Make an account, a secret account, only you and whoever you want else to know about Hashtag it. Hashtag it. And just post stuff. Figure out what you figure out. Just post whatever you want and figure out what, you, what you're going to do as a social media person. As promoting your brand, making content, whatever. Make a little account. Try to have a little strategy behind it or don't, whatever. Just to get your feet wet and figure out what you're trying to do and how you want to do it. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that out. Just taking that first step, man. Or even if you already have a brand, just have another account where you just put your throwaway stuff on. Just to have all your other content out there besides what you mainly do. 
Because you never know what other ideas you can get from your throwaway content that enhance your main stuff. So I will say that. Yes, sir. So, Antoine, who are you? What's your brand, sir? My brand is to be determined. <laughs> um, my brand is um. My brand is bands. <laughs> my, I'm 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 still finding my footing because I feel like right now I'm in a spot where. It seems like life right now is just ever changing for me. So my brand, I do feel like it's to be determined just because where I was uh, two months ago, I don't feel like I'm there now or I don't have the time or the availability. I may want to pursue something different. So I would hate to label something as something I offer that I don't have time for, but my brand I answer that on the next podcast. My brand, I got you. All right, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I guess we're all doing some brainstorming. So, I guess I'll answer the question myself then, right? Who am I? My name is Dre. As far as y'all know for right now, I'm a multimedia creator. My goal is to create products that creatively express what my clients need to help achieve their goals. As far as outside of client workers for myself, I create things and projects that I want to impact the world in a way that I use to express myself that can reach as high as it possibly can. Not saying ask go to stratosphere, but as high as it's gonna go. And I put truth, you know, get the un- uncut truth from me when you ask me things and you hear my opinions and you're going to have honesty accountability for what I'm going to put out there and am I perfect no am I going to try to be sometimes I ain't going to lie but that's a character a little bit of a character flaw I guess if you look at it that way but that's pretty much what I do I create music I write make edit videos graphic design post and create podcasts if anybody needs help you can hit me up my information in the description is my information in the description so will theirs be as well and yeah that's pretty much answers that question so as far as a hobby what does a retro Dre do for fun (laughs) (laughs) man wow that's crazy I was about to say I don't do anything fun anymore no let's not say that (laughs) I guess I'll go see this way because my creativity comes in spurts that I do I do what I enjoy to do is create music not being an artist per se but as far as engineering goes that's what I mainly do at, at the moment as far as what I do for fun listening to music it used to be playing basketball is that no more I guess that's more of a I want to get my health right thing working out reading playing piano becoming a better musician and writing, I'm starting to do writing, I'm starting to write a little bit more. And like short stories? Not nah, just write, whatever's on my mind, I just write mm. it. That's cool. I just write it. When I get up in the morning, I have my little routine of I read, I write, play keys. That's good. I, I think it's good to have a, 
a routine. I feel like that's how you can stay on track and be as productive as possible. I think you just have to find like the routine that works for you. Cause I kind of do something similar. I mean, like I'll I always wake up in the morning. I drink a cup of coffee, and I mean I don't read necessarily, so I guess I can't say I'm the healthiest. But I go to the gym. That's like pretty much almost an every morning type thing nowadays. So. And I don't know, that just helps uh, start my day off right, so fuck with that. Let's get shit. Team All right, well, before we get all the way up out of here, we have an announcement coming up very soon about a little contest we're going to be doing involving hip-hop. We've already addressed it, but we're going to officially announce that pool soon, very soon. We're going to officially announce our 64 pool of the greatest artists of all time, in our opinion, in a March Madness bracket. We are in March, so we're going to go with the theme of March Madness. And we're still figuring out the format of this. We're going to separate it by regions, or we're going to do it by who has the greatest album. I think regions is a good, uh, I think regions is a good way as to far as, as far And as if you line. think your favorite artist deserves a spot on that list, Whoever he or she may be. Mm-hmm. Leave that comment down below. Leave that comment down below. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but all right. If you're watching, listening, and hearing this, we appreciate you in the morning, noon, and night. We appreciate you. You know what to do if you're on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. On all podcasts and platforms, subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Give us a review and like. Have any discrepancies or things you want us more to talk about, please hit us up. We are not afraid to recontact you. Please. All feedback is appreciated. If you want to talk outside of your neck, we might get out the side of the neck with you. We don't know. All depends on how we feel on that day. But we appreciate you coming to the show. We appreciate you being on the show and listening to it. My name is Dre. This is Antoine. That's Deb, a.k.a. Deb Cooks. One, two, three, way. And we are out of here. We appreciate you. This is episode 30 of the Two and a Half LCs podcast. You dig? Wow. Look at the tip of the day. Be on time always. Thanks. If you're late, if you're on time, you're late. <laughs> <laughs>